right, Jean, you ready to be counted in? Yeah. Ready in Chamesh. Arba, Shalosh, Stein. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast! With Christina P. Uh, you tuned in to the right show, my friends. With me today, licensed marriage family therapist. You know her from her YouTube channel. Please welcome back favorite katie morton it's so good to be here it's so i left my house (laughs) and you put on jeans for the first time i did you're welcome yeah (laughs) and they fit now i thank myself that's the christmas miracle (laughs) it is a christmas miracle oh my goodness how have you been have you been holding up uh moderate yeah it's a nice big even i don't know i have definite days where i'm like this is fine i'm okay you're okay we're all okay and then there's other days where i'm like shit I know yeah that seems to be the norm and I think right now with this vaccine on the horizon there's some hope but I feel like we have to go through the darker phases to get there even yeah it's like it gets worse before it gets better yeah yeah it's that it's that fuck man I know and I feel like I was doing fine I don't know if everybody else felt this way and everybody's different but I definitely had like these periods at the beginning I was like oh good like a break I don't really feel like traveling I already travel too much this will be nice <laughs> I know and then after a little while I was like oh I don't like this at all yeah and then now it's like I hit a wall just a few weeks ago and I was like fuck I don't, I don't like <laughs> I just this needs to stop the, it starts to like whoa the forced staycation that we've yes. all gone yeah and especially in LA when everything is closed down yeah there's really no reprieve there's nothing to do now no. to get your mind off of things and yeah I know I feel like it's been a marathon an emotional marathon this year and yes. uh, I think I'm at I'm at the end of my rope. It's the same. <laughs> I had my, it's gotten pretty rough. It's enough. My husband's uh, in recovering from a freak accident. My tooth fucking got my veneer fell off in the midst of it. I'm over it. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, cooked. I, I, same. And I know everybody's Ugh. like, oh, 2020, but January 1st, it's not a magic. It's not a magic. <laughs> it doesn't number. hit midnight, and all of a sudden it's like, did it do like Cinderella? You're like, no, that's just not. It's still. But it's sim- it is symbolic. It's symbolic of a new year and, and, you know, closing the door, hopefully on one way of being. I mean, look, we have a new elected leader that that should be a little different yeah, come January, mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe just change the climate. But uh, yeah. fuck, man. Anyways, I, uh, I brought you here because, listen, the holidays are upon us. And thankfully, with COVID, we don't have to see the people we normally <laughs> do. <laughs> We have an easy excuse called pandemic. Pandemic, the the pandemic. Uh, But I think people are, I've heard that people are having drama. Look, everybody has a different level of risk Mm -hmm. during this pandemic. Some people are really, you know, risk averse. Some people are more comfortable with like, all right, I'll have a dinner outside with you. Yeah. How do you navigate those waters with, let's say, family members who may not be as cautious or compliant to COVID stuff as you are? Yeah, I've even had difficulty myself um, with this because everybody is different. And Sean and I have taken the stance of like, it's not worth it. If it's not necessary, we won't do it because we have this luxury of working from home anyway. So why should we people don't have that luxury? We'll stay home so you can go do your job. Right. Yeah. and I think the truth is we have to over communicate and be okay with disagreement, which is really that uncomfortable. Is so hard. Why is it so uncomfortable? I have a hard time with that as well. Cause it's not resolved and not everything can be resolved. But I think the best, the best advice I have for people is to do what I call a hug and roll. Mm. So it's like, I love you. I would love to be there. Thank you so much for inviting me and even pleading with me. I know I want to see you too. So we're hugging, we're hugging. Oh, so good. However, (laughs) you know, I just don't feel safe. And I hope that you'll understand my stance and know that when things are better, we can get together because I miss you too. You know, it's kind of that like soft, please shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because it isn't like this is going to last forever. No. This is a temporary discomfort and, you know, we will, we will adapt. Yes. And I think people thought it'd be done by now. And so, and holidays come with guilt anyways, like what, you're not going to see us, you're going to see them or wait, but you didn't see us last year. You know, it's all these like, it is the worst. And I think compound that with pandemic 
and then even i've heard from a lot of my viewers like toxic narcissistic family members oh, coming out yeah. of the woodwork to be like because they haven't seen them for years but <laughs> the world could be ending we should see each other and they're like Why? no actually <laughs> never no i cut you out for a reason asshole I so know. it's like it's hard but i i just encourage everybody which is what i've been doing yes. is having a phrase that you use to Ooh. express how you feel so practice it like mine is i understand we love you guys we'd love to be there too however we aren't we're not open to the thought of accidentally infecting someone and yeah. we don't want to get sick either because we don't know what would happen right that's kind of how i talk about it we don't know because they're like you're young and i don't yeah. want and i'm like who knows i have a friend that was 32 that like would wake up in the middle of the night barely being able to breathe oh wow and i'm like fuck man i don't no 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 also yeah. my grandma's 84 85 and i don't want to no so you don't know yeah you don't know and also i think as a as a as a parent i'm not personally i'm not afraid of getting COVID. i don't want to get it of course not my biggest fear is not being able to take care of my children yeah however. or do our jobs and stuff like yeah you know financially that's a strain too or if yeah. you get somebody else i don't know the whole thing is just so no. messy so have a, a few statements that you make uh, like you create for yourself that are true to how you feel practice saying them so they're like you know you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And then just broken record. What about when, um, let's think of ideas for people. Cause I know a lot of people are suffering financial hardships mm -hmm. this year. Like what's a way to maintain the holidays, maintain your dignity and be like, look, I'm not going to buy gifts for everybody. This or like, how do you, how do you approach that? Again, co communication yeah. over communication. Yeah. I think it's letting people know, um, you know, a great way to like skirt the thing without saying I'm broke. Cause nobody likes to say that <laughs> there's so much shame involved with that. And I, I don't know, know why. I don't know why. Cause uh, at but my I brokest, yeah, I've said to be, there was a year when I was in my twenties where I just made people cookies and I was like, this is what I can afford. Mm -hmm. I am fucking broke. And yep. it's so liberating to just tell people, I think people like you more. If you, but I think there's broke. something about being twenties and like, I was broke in my twenties too. Oh, like, and in my thirties <laughs> and part of my thirties. <laughs> But I think as we get older, there's more and more guilt and shame associated uh, with it. And for me, it was like, oh, you took this risk and you're doing this thing that's weird that people shouldn't do. And your mom told you better. And here <laughs> right. you are. Here you are um, show business. Right. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I think if you can tell people, tell people. There's there is yeah. no shame. Everybody's having hardships this yeah. year. But I think something that could be a way to like skirt it without saying, I have credit card debt and can't pay things. I don't want to do this. Um, is to say something to the effect of, you know, this year has been really stressful and it's shown me what's more important and what's more important mm. is time spent and thoughtful gifts. Mm. So this year, let's make each other certain things and do things that are, you know, low budget and just spend time oh i like that so you make it sound like you really love them mm -hmm. and <laughs> hopefully just, you do you know, and i just want to make some yeah, yeah. That, that's like, good cookies is great like yeah. bread is a super cheap if you can figure out how to make it it's a cheap thing to make a lot of yeah and people fucking love homemade bread they love homemade i would bread. be stoked by that gift i know <laughs> well yeah because a lot of us have been baking or cooking a lot mm -hmm. this year um, yeah, maybe make the thing that you learned to make in quarantine yeah. and give quarantine meal gifts. I think yeah. that's fine. Oh, you know what I got on Etsy, which I just thought was so funny, are like COVID Christmas ornaments. Yes, I was, I have those page, <laughs> I haven't purchased them yet, but Sean yeah. and I are like, yes, we need to get a COVID Christmas ornament. Because to commemorate 2020 and yeah. how horrible. Like some are toilet paper based, yeah. some are mask based. Yeah, that's so funny. I mean, what a great gift to give somebody if you, you know, can't yeah, make them cheaper. yourself. Yeah. It's like, I always love to shop on Etsy and support independent people. Me too. Especially because it's hard to get out this year. Yeah. Like Santa Claus yeah. with a mask on. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love, I like buying shit on Etsy. Same. It's more fun. That's where I bought all my masks. Oh, but, um, but that reminds me when you were saying like the thing you gotten good at, like baking yeah. or whatever. It's also, it's like a two for one because doing something that you maybe have recently learned or something you mm. feel good at is in, in DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, we call this building mastery. Mm. And it's a great way to build confidence as well as to be mindful of like what feels good to you. So it's oh. like, it's a win-win. It's something I'm always trying to get patients and viewers to do. I'm like, do something you're good at and then like, tell me how it feels to do it and like share it with other people. Now, wait a minute. Is this something I could do instead of feeding my mouth hole when yes. I have bad feelings? P potentially, yes. <laughs> I've realized <laughs> because I've realized. But if it's all baking, it's going to get that's a little. That's the problem. Because I, I always there. am struggling. I'm struggling to lose these last, last 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. And 
of since I had my second baby and and I've realized that like so much is about this with me mm-hmm. whether it's like I need a cup of coffee I need a water I need to feed myself all the mm. time it's compulsive to be a therapist I'm like what are you hungry for really then well I'm hungry for it all I want my parents approval I wish I had my mommy and daddy who loved me I'm a comedian what I mean come on I'm hungry for it all um we might be needing something now more oh, well, my ever. husband's in. You the need hospital. more cuddles. Yeah, of course. I mean, I have my little Brussels, my doggy. So Betsy helps, but yeah. So is that what that is? And may I supplement that into something I'm good at? Is that yeah. the idea? And to to get uh, maybe more interaction with other people, loving interaction, because that yeah. might be more what you're needing is like, because all the things you oh, kind of mentioned God. are like relationships and support, yeah, and and cuddles, like affection. We're all very touch starved. Because it's not normal to only get touch from like one person. Do you know I what I mean? No, even when you came in here, yeah, I like, wanted to hug you, and I was it, like, mmm, gah, 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 gah. We it's kinda, weird. Yeah. yeah. So I think we all are kind of touch starved, and that might be why you're feeding your mouth hole so much. Well, I've always <laughs> historically used my mouth hole to deal with the the bad mm. feelings mm-hmm. inside. That's okay. That's very common. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, what can I do? So 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 ha- hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is a little harder to do. Yeah, now. it's tricky. What can I do? What can anybody doing now who's finding themselves? I mean, look, and another thing with the holidays is that I love that the the Charlie Brown Christmas music, you know, that depressing one, that <laughs> Christmas time is here. Yeah. And it's, it's really <laughs> like, a, yeah, it's like a funeral dirge. <laughs> it it's the most anti-Christmas Christmas song in a way, because yep. the emotions of that song are very dark. Yeah. But the music is beautiful. Yes. And I think that's such a perfect Christmas song because yeah. there's all these expectations of great 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 and it's never fucking great never not even just covid related (laughs) it's like christmas is stressful for people and it's terrible and it's frustrating and i think we always have these high expectations which leads us to like a big letdown always always so what do we do (sighs) yeah i mean set new expectations like actively yeah because we do it without realizing so like it's an unconscious thing we're like it's christmas it's gonna be great Finally, yeah. my mom is not oh, going to be a jackass. Forget that. Or my sister's going to finally not say something mean about the way I look. Or, you know, we yeah. have these, we hope for it, you know? And I think, not that we shouldn't have hope, but it's like, okay, what's what do we wish happened? And then what do we think could, what are they capable of? And like, <laughs> where can we kind of meet in the middle? Right, because the, the Hallmark movies will show us different, that mm-hmm. people are capable of complete change. Or in, even- all in an hour and a half. <laughs> so but back to my question Mm -hmm. before is like okay so when you're feeling depressed okay what should i be doing instead of feeding my mouth hole i can't see people yeah i mean there's a couple of things drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. alone watching Mm -hmm. the crown no Mm -hmm. getting high Mm -hmm. taking pills okay go ahead no (laughs) third story that my psychiatrist recommended okay as prescribed prescribed. okay yes as prescribed as prescribed yeah that's fair gabapentin (laughs) it can help um there's a couple of things first is doing what i call impulse logs which sounds so i want to do it tell me i need help i'm asking so an impulse log is something that it just slows down our feeding of the mouth hole (laughs) our yelling at someone taking it out on you know a spouse a partner yeah of course kid whoever right or taking pills or smoking pot or anything it's like slows it down and it first you're supposed to recognize like what's what's happening like what's okay. happening right now what's the situation then uh, what is it that i want to do i want to mm. feed my mouth hole i want to binge eat a whole tray of oreos i don't know mm-hmm. then what feelings are coming up for me mm. is it uh lack of control is it irritability is it sadness what is mm. it then what's something else I can do? What's an action I can take that's like more balanced or maybe better for me? Like, could I go for a walk? Could I call a friend? Boring. Okay. I know. Could I play with my dog? I'd like to take the dog. Mm-hmm. The dog. I like my doggies. Or could I finally pick up that one room just to distract myself that I've been like putting that thing off, you know? Because yeah. then you feel like accomplished and you've done, you know. So that's are, there, true. are there things that we can do? And then you're supposed to wait 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I give you full permission to do whatever the fuck you want. After 30 mm-hmm. minutes, if I'm still feeling these bad feelings mm-hmm. and I want to still feed my mouth hole compulsively, I may, you can. I can feed my mouth mm-hmm. hole. But you're right. Cause I, I do feel that if you just stop and reflect and go, wait a minute, I'm not, is that really going to help if I go eat a piece of cheese right now? Is yeah. that really going to help a glass of wine? I mean, temporarily I still feel the bad feelings. Yeah. It doesn't make it go away. It's like a temporary fix, you know? Yeah. And so it, it's just, 
it's just paying attention to that and being able to recognize, hey, I've done this before and it actually ends up making me feel worse, especially binge eating. Oh, yeah. Like my patients who struggle with binge eating, it's like <sighs> we get caught in the cycle, right? Because we feel like shit. <sighs> yeah. We ruminate on it. Then we binge eat. Then we feel bad because we binge ate. And then we're like, well, now I'm going to kind of restrict and I should probably kind of healthy. But then we get super hungry and we binge again because we didn't fucking eat. It just, and it goes round and round and round and we feel worse and worse and worse. And so it's like, if we can just slow that a little bit, then usually we can recognize like, hey, I'm actually, I think I want to eat because I'm anxious. Yeah. Or I think I want to eat because I really miss my friends or I miss traveling or, you know, there's so much to grieve this year. Yes. I think that's what I mean is that we're yeah. all, I mean, God damn it. We were just talking about before we rolled on this show that if you just look at Instagram and there are comedians who I've known and loved for a million years and I'm watching, well, not just comedians, everyone around me is reacting differently to this year. Mm -hmm. Some people are fucking really imploding on themselves yeah. massively. Some people have done more constructive and good things and, some people are completely just gone. It's like, so how we're all dealing is so varied. Well, we all have different it's grief. Yes, it's grief. And we all have different coping skills, right? And you think of like, we call them cognitive distortions in cognitive behavioral therapy. I got therapy. those, yeah. Yeah, we all have them. <laughs> Black and white thinking, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Learn that one. Mm -hmm. But one of them is sublimation, which is like where you turn that bad urge into something positive. And a mm -hmm. lot of people have done that, you know, like. I've definitely felt stressed and overwhelmed, but I focused it on work and wrote Same. my book and like, which good for you, by the way, we'll, well, we'll thanks, talk about yeah. it's coming out September, 2021. <gasps> I just got the God, date. Congrats. Um, so, you know, but, but then that wears out too, because you can only do that so much where you're like, yeah, stuff this down and out pops a diamond. Like it's just, it's, you, ugh, you get too exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause work for me, stand up in particular was mm -hmm. such a great thing because it sublimated so many bad feelings and I could yeah. transform it into something positive mm -hmm. and then there was a great feedback loop on it with yep. the audience Make people laugh yep win-win I mean win, and I win. got to connect with people and travel and get away from my kids for a couple days it yeah. was like a perfect thing so not a perfect thing but nothing is uh so okay so people are grieving right yeah. now and, and everybody's so different and our levels of resiliency are different so some people probably imploded early on like april 2nd they're like yes. you know and then other people it's like june start to get depressed you know and other people like me it's december yep and I'm it's like, right now i white knuckle i white knuckle this whole Same. fucking year I was like, oh, i'm strong like bull <laughs> and then i got here you won't get me down yeah. like hang on but then it's like your hands start to shake and the muscles get girl yeah, we can't i'm we done get worn out. i'm cooked i'm cooked yes agreed so okay so this is 2020 is really about managing grief so what can people do i mean these impulse logs I love. Let's recap for somebody listening. You write down what's happening, mm -hmm. the actual situation. Correct. What do I want to do right now in reaction to the this impulse. situation? Mm -hmm. What's the impulse? What feelings come up mm -hmm. right now? What am I really feeling? And then let's try to put that into something else. Like Yeah, we, kind of like a either a more balanced thought. Like, can we mm. consider what we want to do and how we're feeling and like what's kind of in the middle what do we think it is that's really going on or is there an action we can take to distract or do something else gotcha. an alternative an alternative got you okay i like that so this is a grieving year for some so many things have been yeah. lost and so what's a so the impulse log is a good way to deal to yeah to slow down the process or the impulse really and then the thing that's interesting about grief is and this is why 2020 mm. fucked us so hardcore is that shared grief sharing in it is actually healing mm -hmm. that's why funerals are really powerful yes and so and they're not so much for the person who passes for the people that are there yes. right and so we're not getting that connection with other people and so what i would encourage people to do is even though we're kind of sick of talking about it but a lot of us did it early on is when you do connect with people be like this year sucked and this was bad and i'm sad i wanted to go to this vacation i thought i'd be finishing up my tour and shooting my thing and yeah. all this stuff right and talking with other people who get it and then we're like, yeah, I thought that too. And, you know, encouraging our friends and family to share in the things they're upset with too. Yeah. Shared, even though people are like, oh, misery loves company. Yeah. Cause it feels good. And so let yeah. yourself for a little bit, like feel it. Feeling it's key. It is. Cause we don't want to, it's uncomfortable. Like I cried watching the news the other day. This lady was like, I've had this pub in, in the Valley. She was like in Van Nuys or something. She's like, I've had this pub for 20 years and I don't think we're going to make it. And I was like, Ooh, it's depressing. It's sad. And I'm sad for her. I'm sad for, her. you know, it's a lot. I know. So letting yourself feel it and cry is okay. Yeah. 
you know, share with others about how hard it is. Yeah. And then make a plan to do something that's a little bit more, not necessarily positive, but just more real to you, not just 2020 grief. Like, okay, um, yeah, let's connect and do a happy hour and we'll make cookies together on FaceTime. I know everybody's fucking tired of FaceTime and Zoom, but just making time for it. It's just still do good. It. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And move your body. That is everything too, because you know that great book, The Body Keeps the Score? Uh-huh. You know I just, it. Why I, am I telling you? I read you? it for the second time because of my, my book's all about trauma, the second so one. So let's talk about this. Great. So, perfect. That was yeah. a perfect segue. <laughs> so your first book, uh, Am I Okay? Are you okay? okay? Uh-huh. Um, I have it on my in my bedstand. It's mm-hmm. not on the top because my children will take it and rip it up. <laughs> but it's a great book that explains like therapy and how yeah we, just the basics what's going on yeah so in the, in the second book it's about trauma so mm-hmm. let's talk about that because where the bo- the body keeps a score is about how trauma is locked in the body correct and yeah how, and yeah. how we process it how memories are formed all it's a great book it's very heady like i always tell my viewers i'm like it takes a lot to digest it like as someone who's been traumatized you can't like read through it. it's a huge thick book and it yeah. takes a while and it's it's very research-based which i love but it's not but for everybody but you're the therapist yeah you i like know that stuff and some people might want softer easier to read yes which is more what i've created love so it. Trauma- that's what i like about your writing sorry in the first mm-hmm. book is that you're very accessible and you explain things that's why i love about her youtube page if you haven't already gone to it she breaks down things that you like what is ptsd exactly and she'll explain it to you in like regular people terms so it's not clinical and katie's got a great way about being relatable so your lover so go ahead oh, sorry thank you so book number two trauma go yeah ahead. so just to that point like a lot of people say like oh i've been traumatized or oh, i have ptsd and other people are like what the fuck does what that mean is that and because it's thrown around yeah and people use words incorrectly all the time I in know. general I know. especially psychology words like you're so depressing really though is that really <laughs> or know? like i'm so add that yeah. was the big one for a while everybody said they were mm-hmm. add i'm like i don't think you've actually met somebody that no. has ADD. or like that's so ocd what because i wash my hands twice when you saw me <laughs> you know like that's not what ocd that's is not... spoilers yeah. um so trauma it's called traumatized and uh, I love, I wish Perfect I could show title. you the cover, but the cover's <laughs> so cool. The first cover, I didn't actually love as much. As a nonfiction writer, you don't have as much is it to up? say. No, oh, it's not yet. I can't. I'm sorry. Right. Soon, soon. Follow me on Instagram. I'll post it when For I can. sure. But the uh, when you write nonfiction, you don't have a lot of say in that kind of stuff sometimes. They're like, we know best. And you're like, okay, I know. Books, okay. Yeah, it's publishing. a whole other industry. Yeah. It is, is totally. But so starts out just explaining what, trauma is mm-hmm. and i the whole premise of the book is really like our shared trauma which is ironic because of this year pandemic sold it the idea previous <laughs> to this even happening because i was talking about the connectivity of social media and how i think we can be traumatized by other people because Ooh. never before could someone like live stream themselves driving drunk with someone in the car or shooting up us you know like we've had access to these types of videos and content and it's terrifying you mean your mom's house because i feel like <laughs> we show some of these videos but and people film those yeah, pe- yeah and why why does that happen it's an you interesting know? phenomenon to think about mm-hmm. because agreed whenever i've been in the midst of a tragedy i don't my last thought is i'm going to pick up my phone mm-hmm. and video it so that's a really interesting really weird psychological twist now with people and is it the need to commodify everything <laughs> commodify yeah, suffering or? yeah and like uh I don't know if it's necessarily it's commodified, but it's also just I need proof oh, or like I want to record. I don't know. It's a I weird. Know. I don't know. I think because I wasn't raised with a cell phone. I don't have that urge like Neither some other do people. I, yeah. But um, but anyway, so the book starts off with that and like the connectivity. What is what does it mean to be traumatized? What is PTSD? What does it mean? Because that's another phrase that you say oh, I have trauma and mm-hmm. that's so thrown around. So mm-hmm. what does it mean? You have to technically speaking to be traumatized is to fear for your life or the life of someone else wow like if we're talking clinically speaking i that's like dsm driven uh-huh so Wait, i don't explain what the dsm is for uh people. the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders and it's created by the apa i don't American love it psychological right? association, association. Mm-hmm. okay and but it's a place to start that's what i always tell people i'm like not everybody fits into boxes so the dsm breaks down each diagnosis based on all the uh, they have this what's called diagnostic criteria so it's like i say i'm depressed 
And the DSM says in order to have major depressive disorder, you have to uh, not enjoy the things that you used to enjoy. Right. This criteria. You have to feel that and it has to last for most days for two weeks. So you're like, check, 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 or not. And then you can diagnose somebody based on if they meet these criteria. Exactly. Okay. But also keep in mind the DSM is, is fluid, mm-hmm. much like gender, in, in that it... <laughs> It changes based on the times, right? Like we learn a little bit more about... There's new additions. There's new... Every so often, right? They come out. Yeah, we haven't had as many recently. I think the last one came out in like 2013, maybe. I think that, yeah. So maybe every 10 years or so. Oh, okay. Um, But honestly, I don't know if there'll be any updates. In The Body Keeps the Score, he talks about... Talk about it. He talks about the DSM and how it's it's so limiting because people... Like I have patients who are depressed, but they don't meet that criteria quite right so then maybe they won't get coverage or like insurance coverage and keep in mind that that diagnostic way of 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 whatever that's how they dole out meds that's Mm -hmm. how you on an insurance form you go oh my patient has depressive disorder how do i know because of these five criterion and the dsm and there's a code and that Mm -hmm. code goes on the bill that's submitted to insurance and that's how everything gets covered so really this is a biz it's like a business it's a way to function is it perfect no but it functions but you're right it's very limiting and yeah that, yeah and like I'll, especially because i specialize in eating disorder work and so oh, perfect with, <laughs> with eating disorders it partic- it really pisses me off because it's like yeah. oh you have to be underweight about you know this much to be anorexic and this for bulimia and, and it's not so cut and dried and then everything else falls into what used to be called ednos but now they're calling osfed which is like otherwise specified feeding or eating disorder just annoying acronyms it doesn't matter it just means you didn't meet the criteria for these others so here's this catch-all piece of garbage that doesn't the insurance doesn't want to cover which is interesting because if you've ever been diagnosed with something after seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist i feel like those labels are really traumatizing no it it can be overwhelming yeah you're then you're like oh my gosh i'm this person that has x and x Mm -hmm. disorder disorder and it's also very limiting and hindering yeah how you think of yourself totally people can feel like that's who i am or people are like i'm you know i'm katie and i have depression you know and that's like i don't like that either you know it's like it it doesn't you wouldn't say like i'm katie and i have had influenza like (laughs) you know let's not it's it's just i don't know mental illness stuff is very interesting that way so and there's also like the icd-10 which i won't get into which is another diagnostic tool wow, for insurance this one it's i mean it in a lot of ways it's better but then in the, some of the ways it's worse yeah. and it has its limitations anyway yeah so long story short i go through like what is ptsd and ptsd is like you know you can fear for the life of yourself or someone else but also something that people don't talk enough about is like what i call big t's and little t's one of my good friends and colleagues dr alexa altman was the one that like introduced me to this idea where some people have a big t trauma meaning you it's like a wave like a huge wave that wipes you out like i was in a plane crash or um our house burned down when i was a kid or you know something happened i went to war he's a direct causal you know what it is mm -hmm. i stepped on a grenade or whatever and i and my life was blown up fucked yeah and i don't feel good since then of course yeah but then there's little t's that people don't talk about and that could be like i moved a lot as a kid my parents got divorced um i was bullied for a year in school you know, I got laid off. Yeah. I had a miscarriage. Yeah. Like we don't talk about those things as being traumatizing, but they still are because if you think of it in the wave, like if we're thinking of waves in the ocean, like you can get a big tsunami of a wave and knocks you down, pulls you out. Right. Yeah. But a bunch of little ways you can't get your footing. It'll slow you, slowly knock you down, pull a you out. A bunch of little bullshit. Absolutely. Exactly. And it'll compound, mm-hmm. especially if you've had childhood stuff. Yep. And then that's just consistent it's like you never got good footing. Yeah. You don't even know what that feels like. And yeah. honestly, if you even felt it, it might be really uncomfortable. You're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. So, so that's, that's interesting. So that's the, you're, you explain that. And mm-hmm. then do you, what else do you go into? To I don't, without... Complex PTSD, which is like when we have either big T, little T and they're just so people know big T, little T doesn't mean one's worse or better than the other. It's just, there are different types of trauma in a yeah. spectrum, but if you have continued or repeated trauma, you have complex PTSD, which is not in the DSM and one of the limitations of it. Yeah. Which is interesting because I, there's only, I've read a couple books on it and Mm -hmm. there's not a ton out there. No. And it's, I understand in some ways why they're like, well, it's PTSD. It's just recurring. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, but it comes along with a little bit more emotion dysregulation, Mm. more difficulty in relationships than traditional PTSD, maybe more dissociation, which is like Mm -hmm. when you, I call it like your brain pulling the ripcord. It's like, (laughs) this is too much, you know, and it's like you're removed from yourself or you're removed from your environment. See, people don't under, I've, yes, I don't think when you say that dissociation, I like, so I would do, I would dissociate Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know it for years and years until I read about it. Mm -hmm. And even the way it's described in books is not, it feels like have you ever been like where you're talking to somebody, but you're so out of it mm -hmm. that your brain, like you're working on all cylinders. You're just out of it. Like you're in another realm. Yeah. It's bananas. And time gets vacuumed yeah. and memories a... are difficult to come by sometimes yeah. during that period too where you're like wait what did i do or how did i get home yeah or you know right that space out that max out where your brain's like and we're done you're done because <laughs> and that's because something has triggered you and it's so overwhelming that yeah. you can't even like it's so overwhelming to your system that yeah. your brain's like Ugh. and that can be for a lot of reasons like that can be stress induced that can be trauma induced yeah. you know it comes from a lot of places but it's really it's really common in ptsd yeah. as a whole God, the human mind is so... It's fascinating. It's so fast. I, I, you know, I, I could it. talk about this shit forever because it's... The brain is... I don't know. You can fool yourself into thinking stuff. Oh, you can, totally. Well, then I talk about repressed memories ooh, in the book. Why those exist. Talk about that. What the fuck is that? Because then I remember like... When I was a kid, it was a big deal to go to hypnosis and have your repressed memories. Oh, yeah. Up. And then, that was like bad. People were like creating memories for people. And that's yeah, fucked up. Yeah, I've read about yeah. that too. Yeah. And, they, and then people would be like, I was molested by my dad. And it wasn't true. Yeah, it wasn't true. So that was that was a dangerous thing. So talk about it. And what's the thought on that stuff now? So repressed memories, that doesn't happen very often. And it should never happen. And I'll tell you how to know if it's happening to you. Yeah. So repressed memories are very common. And it's kind of that dissociation. Your brain's like, I don't have the ability to deal with this. Wah! It doesn't have the ability to form memories and f- like log them away either. And so it kind of just like... S- sweeps them off to the side like i love the movie inside out i don't know if you saw that no, film it's a pixar film and it's, it's wonderful and i love it oh it's a children's movie yeah but it's it's a very adult ish yeah there's joy you know what's really adultish too is tangled oh yes Line yes Mom. it's totally. pretty great but it's great because they have these <gasps> like adult great. themes hopefully to help teach children 100 percent. because this is all about your emotions so you have like joy anger sadness disgust oh and i think a fear and so those are the main players in your head. Ugh. And I love the way they demonstrate uh, memory formation because they're these marbles that kind of come through and they'll grab them and then they'll go away to like uh, long-term memory or they'll be core memories, like part of like what we think makes us us. Wow. So watch it. It's great. The, it's very, it's very accurate as much as a cartoon can be accurate. But repressed memories are like if you imagine Joy grabbing one of those marbles and then like fear hits her because it's scary and she drops it and the marble shatters. And so you might have some fragments where you're like, oh, I kind of remember being in this place with shag carpet and being scared, but I don't know. I don't know. That's it. Right. Yeah. And so it's because we haven't it was too overwhelming. It was too scary. Trauma memories are often shattered all over. And when we're walking around in our brain, forming new memories, we might step on one of those shards. And that's what a flashback mm. is. We're like, oh my God, I remember, oh, ooh, I, f- I remember that feeling. And so it's like our brain just didn't have the, the tools or the opportunity to sweep it all together and glue it. I mean, think of like gluing a marble back together piece by piece. It mm. takes time. Mm-hmm. That's why trauma work takes time to bring those memories back to conscious mind, make sense of them, put them into a narrative form meaning a story Mm -hmm. and then roll them away to long-term memory. Mm. And so So fascinating. Yeah. And so they are real. They happen all the time. Even like think of just memories that are difficult to come by because it's, you know, it was maybe an uncertain time in your life. You know, think of those little teas and things like that. So we have a lot of that, like, I don't know, splinters in our brain of old memories. Now therapy can help you recover those because we all have those little bits of it. Like that one little splinter, that flashback we've had, or that weird dream that seemed really real. And they should ask you about that to help you try to tell a story to them, but they shouldn't lead you. Mm. Therapists shouldn't do this anyways, but that was what was happening back in like the eighties and the Mm. early nineties is like therapists would be like, so, okay. So you said that you felt scared, like in a basement, was it seemed was a was a man there mm. and they'll ask you like leading they shouldn't say anything like that it should be like so do you remember what you smelled or what you saw 
Mm. Or how did you, so you said scared, like, what did you feel? Do you remember what you were wearing? Like asking questions so that you come up with it yourself. Mm -hmm. And they're not saying like, so where did they touch you? And you're like, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> yeah, like, who? Oh, I get, yeah. And you're trying to formulate it. Mm -hmm. It's very vulnerable. It's totally. interesting that you mention smell because um, those can jog mm -hmm. repressed old uh, songs. Wow. Smell your senses really. Yeah. Sounds even. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a weird sound association with leaf blowers of all oh, things. Oh, funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I had a weird memory attached to that from childhood. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you could, I, I think certain countries smell certain ways. Like, Me oh, sure. Mexico smells like this beautiful soap that they would clean this hotel with. Um, oh, yes, yes. That, that soap smell. I don't know why. It's like not a soap we use here. Yeah, yeah maybe what that's what that it smell? is. Yeah. And soil. It smells like, but beautiful, like earthy, good smelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hungry smells like smoked sausage. Like when you land, you <laughs> I smell like smoked paprika in the mm -hmm. air. You just smell. And Korea smells like garlic to me. Oh, and funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, so interesting. But yeah, smells are really powerful. Oh my gosh. It's very important. Okay. So yeah. So leading through senses can help you figure out what's repressed well because i had a conversation who is it with miss pat and she she and i were talking about this because she and i both had a lot of trouble remembering childhood stuff mm -hmm. and she was like girl just start thinking about stuff and it'll come back to you just keep thinking about it. just mm -hmm. just try to think about it it'll come back to you and she was right it just it does if you try to you keep going because i know a lot of people are like i don't remember entire years of my life oh, yeah like huge swaths like i've yeah. a ton of patients and viewers who are like i don't remember anything until i was like 12 years old yeah and i'm like well that's an that's an indicator of something right it's yeah. not normal it's normal to have a spotty memory i don't want anybody out there thinking like oh i was traumatized because i i'd only remember these spots of my life that's very normal because yeah it's so long ago we're yeah. not accessing that memory anymore so but if you're like try to remember or if someone in your family's like brings up a time like hey remember that time we all went to that park and blah blah and you're like mm, what yeah you know if that happens a lot and you're like i don't the first thing i remember is like seventh grade <laughs> oh god you know? that's bad yeah. then we might be like something must have happened you know that yeah. like stopped the memory formation because it's like shards all over your brain god it's fascinating yeah, so I talk about that where okay. and where trauma memories are stored in the brain. Get, I get really nerdy with it for a chapter. Oh, but you mentioned exercise earlier yeah. and that helping deal with bad emotions, with mm -hmm. grief, because that reminded me of the of the book the, the it gets the body keeps the score. Because mm -hmm. also uh, one thing that really helps me is when I'm feeling anxious for no reason or whatever. I go, oh God, where do I feel this? Yeah, is this in my chest? <gasps> I can't breathe. Okay, it's in my chest. And then once I narrow in on where I have it, then that, you know, then I can focus. Or sometimes my shoulders get locked up. Yeah. Okay, well, why am I doing this all day? I'm stressed out. And exercise is so beautiful to release that stress. The body holds this, yeah. this the stress and the trauma. You've got to let it out. Yeah, they say there's cellular memory. So, like, if you had a trauma, like if someone, like, choked me. Like if, if I work on the trauma, you can see like the handprint come back and stuff. It's really wild. Wow. So you do have cellular memory and stress gets stored in our body. That's why, um, especially during this time, I've been telling people to do like the shake out, mm. like just shake like a dog out of the bath kind of. You know, that's so interesting because dogs do shake off all their mm -hmm. trauma. You ever see a dog get wet or get messed with and then they shake it yeah, off they and shake they go it. on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because it's like regulating their nervous system. It's very innate. And so you can shake it out. And then your nervous system kind of regulates itself and you feel better. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. That's why working out. I mean, you can work out, but you can also just shake. There's you can no, shake. You don't have to like really work you out. You can just shake or you can just go for a walk. Yep. I think walking too, doesn't that, doesn't walking when you're feeling anxious, it's good because you're doing something based on mm -hmm. that fight or flight. And it's I think repetitive. you told me that. Yeah. You feel like you're doing something. You're moving. You're taking action, which like completes the stress cycle, which is why shaking out helps. So like oh. your stress response is like fight flight, right? I like that. And it, right now we feel threatened, which is what pushes us into fight or flight, but there's nothing we can really do. We're like, stay home. Well, that makes me feel worse. <laughs> That's a horrible solution. Yeah. So Staying then we, put. we get caught. And so the way to finish or complete that stress response is to take some action, to do something. Because fight and flight are both active things, right? I'm going to run away or I'm going to try to kill this thing that's scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> and so if we can move, it's good. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so when is this book available? You said in 2021. Yeah. September 2021. <gasps> 
Wow. Okay. And where can people buy it? Uh, anywhere books are sold on Great. Amazon. I'll let people know when it goes for pre-order. It's usually Great. a few months before. And you brought me a gift. Where's oh, I did. It's gift? over there. Nadav oh. said it over there. Oh, go grab okay, it. Okay, I'll go, go grab, grab it. Okay, it. Hold on. Fucking Nadav. I'm so what? excited for the <laughs> gift. I, I wanted to... Uh, you were going to bring this to my house, and I said, no, bring it in the studio, because I want people to see this wonderful thing that you made. Now, here, explain this to people. This is fantastic. Oh, my God, I've needed this my whole life. Look how I'm doing. Look. <laughs> when you were over at my house, I was like, oh, I'll get you one when we get them in. Um, oh, my God, this is fucking so, amazing. I know. They're, so we call, we're calling it the anxiety pillow because anything calming soothes, soothes your system. I'm already relaxed. <laughs> and I like the color. I'm like, oh. I know. And they'll come in black, too. I think we're going to do a black run of them also. Black. Good. Um, but yeah, so they just have a little pouch on the front, and they're like a, over, it's a faux fur, fluffy so pillow. soft. And they're machine washable and everything, because, you know, they're cream. Things are going to yeah. get on them. Um, but yeah, they're just super cozy. So I and, zip off the cover, and yep. I throw it in. I yep. love this. So there's a pouch in the front. It's mm -hmm. like a kangaroo's pouch, and you put your hands in it, and you, like, hug yourself. Mm -hmm. God damn it. This is great. <laughs> I, I love yeah they're so cozy this is great and when people order them just so they know they're the cover and you can fill it as full as you want with whatever kind of insert. Got you. so you buy the yeah. insert separately like on amazon yeah, or something it's cheaper to ship otherwise if i was shipping internationally with that it costs it's them huge. like so much and it, that price gets it's already astronomical what has happened with shipping prices well what happened to the world I right know. i'm like oh my god but yeah so those um these are great yeah we have about i think only like 20 of them left. And where can people get these? Um, katiemorton.com slash products. This is fantastic, Katie, because I, I already feel better hugging it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it's it? It's really soft. It's too. like a, I don't know, it's just a comfort. I'm going to give this to my kids. Is this good for kids? Yeah. You yeah. can like be like, hey, feeling, you know, Yeah, sad. I think people could probably even put, if they want like a weighted version, you could probably put some bean bags in it. Ooh, that's a good idea. I'd assume. But I... I played around with like, should I put pouches inside where you can put bean bags in oh. so it could be weighted? But I was like, oh, that's like it because my mom's friend is making them. Oh. So they're, they're local. They're made in Washington state. Lovely. Um, you know, locally like sourced this. everything. Locally sourced. Um, but I wanted to make sure it, no children were like making my things or, <laughs> you know, because that shit happens. I know. And I'm like, depressing. I don't want it made in China because I don't know if they're t treating them well. I know. Um, so these are made in Washington. And um, yeah, so you could probably put some weight in there if you wanted that too. You ever, um, have you ever done EMDR? I haven't done it, but I know what it is. Like I talk about it in the book. I had oh, a, good. One of my good friends, Alexa Altman. She, she yeah. does it. She practices it. So yeah. Well, can you explain it? If you can, you, yeah. yeah, it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And what it is, is the, the theory behind it is that, you know, when we do REM sleep, our eyes are like do, 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 side to side, left to right. Mm -hmm. They, the, I forget the name of the person who created it, the woman anyway, psychologist. She believed that your brain, that was it, your brain processing memories. Mm -hmm. It was like making sense of it. It was like something to do with what they call bilateral stimulation left to right. Like me tapping myself on my shoulders mm -hmm. left and right. And so when you have trauma memory, like we talked about, it doesn't have the time to process so, or maybe the ability to, then EMDR gives our brain another chance to do it. So it creates that bilateral stimulation, again, giving your brain the time to process. Which again, that walking we were mm -hmm. discussing earlier, right, left, yeah. right, left. So when you're, yeah, walking it out, you know that Nietzsche, the philosopher, <laughs> uh, he would go on daily walks too. Mm -hmm. And he believed that that's when he did his best work. Yeah, a lot of thinking. people say that. Yeah, because it opens it up. It opens it up, right, left, right, left. I did an EMDR a couple times. It was so helpful. Um, and I, I wish I had this during it. I was just uh -huh. thinking that it's so comforting that, cause you, you go through a lot of feelings. I'm like, you oh, do. This would be great. That's why I'm like, if, when people go back into sessions and stuff, even at home, you can use it on your therapy sessions that you're doing <sighs> over Skype or whatever. I'm going to do this with my shrink. Yeah. I just saw her today. It's cozy. Next Thursday, I'll be like, look what I have. <laughs> why didn't you fucking invent this? I know. Yeah. So anyway, they're, this they're available great. now. I'm so excited for your next book. Um, me too. I hope it's not a turd. Every time I write them, I'm like, I hope it's not a turd. That's <laughs> not a turd. No way. No way. You know, it's like you spend so much time by yourself creating it. I know. And then when I send it off to my editor, I'm like, hello. I know. What is he going to think? And he loved it. He loves Inside Out, by the way. So he's like, I love that reference. That was so, I, I get it. Good. 
And I was like, that's what I'm hoping for because he's not a psychologist. He's an editor. Which is better because you don't, you don't want another psychologist. You want. I want a regular person. Yeah. Being like, oh, this makes sense. I agree. I hate when stuff is too heady and like, what the fuck then people don't understand it. Anyway. It's too, yeah. It's not, uh, you can't reach it. Yeah. uh, And then the information is useless mm -hmm. if, if normal people can't understand it if you need like a degree to yeah and clinicians stuff. already have tons of resources and access to shit so yeah we don't need that as much as the regular people like need that information oh god i know okay so yeah so let's do a little thank you so much for all this is there anything else you want to say about your book before we go into wmma official business i don't think so oh. i mean d- mm-hmm. go ahead. no <laughs> i had an idea i had a thought uh-huh. when you said about the holidays and how uh, it's the actual the the day that sucks like mm-hmm. it's it's never so i've decided i made a decision in november to be more process oriented about the holidays mm-hmm. meaning i'm excited the entire month about like decorating my house and uh-huh. planning the meal gives me joy planning the event is what gives me the joy versus the actual day of yeah so that way i, I don't put so much expectation on just one day a date yeah like december I, I decorate the whole house. I've got my little Santa's village mm-hmm. and I decorate the tree throughout the month. And that way, that's the joy. It's dispersed throughout the month. I like anyway. that. Yeah. yeah it gives you I mean. more opportunity to enjoy it versus feeling like this day has to be perfect. Which yeah. never really. It never is. No, because someone's in a bad mood or things don't go as planned or we burn something on accident because we get distracted. Like there's so many ways it can go wrong. <sighs> I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Um, oh, for the book, I was just going to say, just so people know. Yes. The entire second half of it is all about like healing, treatment, stuff oh, like that. So don't course. think it's only like, what is trauma? Well, now you know you have it. Best of luck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, and let's get into this too before we move on. Is it a lot of times, I, I, I mean, you know, you're a therapist, but wouldn't you argue that, uh, I think Drew and I have talked about this. When someone comes into your office and, and you're like, uh, how was your childhood? It was great. No, I, have you ever been in, in, in trauma? No. I mean, my dad did hit me with a broom every <laughs> Thursday uh, for my whole life, and yeah. uh, my mom drank, and they hit me, but everybody got hit back then. Like, people don't even realize. No, and they downplay, minimize what happened, right? Invalidate yeah. their experience. Or people will be like, there's shame associated with it, right? Like, something must be oh, wrong with me. I brought it part. on myself. Because yeah. a lot of parents will be like, well, if you had done, you know, abusive parents will blame it on the child like you made me do that or the spouse that they hit you made me if you had had dinner ready then i wouldn't have had to beat you up and you're like no i think you're just a dickwad and (laughs) someone should put you in jail um so we do that to ourselves we'll talk talk you know like oh it's nothing happened we in therapy we call we call them like doorknob confessions so you could be seeing someone for a while and then one one (laughs) session and they just go through the whole session and they're like okay and they pay and like they're going out and they're like by the way like right before they leave and they'll drop like a bomb like by the way i i had you know i was sexually abused by my uncle for seven years and then you know then my husband you know used to like assault me yeah. okay see you next see week you later yeah Bye. because they don't it's like they want to talk about it but they don't know how and so it's like i'm just gonna leave this here and we'll talk about it later maybe not i don't you know yeah so how does someone listening to this, if they, they might be thinking, oh, I, I'm not trying that. No, everything was great. What are some signs that you may have had a traumatic thing happen, a traumatic childhood, and you're not addressing it? Hypervigilance is probably the easiest one to recognize. And you, people might be like, I oh, you're friends with hypervigilance. Yeah. Well, people will be like, you're jumpy. And you're like, that's not really a true. I mean, you can be anxious and you can be kind of jumpy, but if you're like scared easily, like... Uh, someone shuts a door and you're like <gasps> and then somebody comes up behind you and touches your shoulder and you're like <gasps> it, that isn't a normal response most of the time so, so but let's something. say but doesn't everybody i mean i don't know you can get scared every like, now and then you might get jumpy but hypervigilance is constant a constant state of arousal right yes. is that the not arousal sexually i don't want to say no but like arousal of your nervous system so you're always on yeah. edge always on the edge. best way to and like yeah. you if you constantly if you go into a new environment and you like survey it yeah for any kind of threat yeah and you're active about that and that's it's just like think of it as like you always think you're threatened yeah that's really how it like feels. jason Bourne when he goes yes. into a restaurant he, he always knows. he's like where are the cameras where are the exits <laughs> yeah, I love i'm always that like part. he's such a badass that's but also hyper vigilant probably traumatized well i'll give you a great example of hyper vigilance <laughs> Uh, cause someone, this guy right here is an expert in, and I've been working on it for a decade in therapy. <laughs> um, when the, the, the quarantine stuff first came down, 
guess who already had a room full of toilet um, paper? Mm-hmm. We talked about that yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to die. I feel safe. <laughs> Uh, this guy is high. I'm all, um, that's why I love Amazon. It mm-hmm. really feeds into my hypervigilance mm-hmm. and like uh, doomsday prepping OCD stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first thing I thought when all that happened, I go, those doomsday preppers must be thrilled. They're like, I told you. Yeah. You dumb assholes. <laughs> yeah. You guys making fun of me now. Look, uh, so that's what that looks like. Hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. Is it connected to OCDs too? Sometimes. Um, that's kind of a different component of it. OCD would be more that I feel like I have to buy these things or do these things or prepare in this way. Otherwise, something bad is going to happen. So OCD is more of like an anxiety oh, I build. Had that one too. But yeah, but hypervigilance is usually what people will notice when you just feel like your system's always aroused, like not sexually, just like on edge. Yes, and, and the little things will stress you out. Yep. Um, everything can push you right over everything, the edge. Everything, like... Uh, I can't find the keys. I can't, can't find my car keys. Mm-hmm. And that that's not a normal reaction. No, you, the overreaction, like it's your reaction to situations isn't not even commensurate, but it just doesn't make sense with what's actually taking place. Right. That's what I mean by overreaction. Cause I don't want people to think, Oh, you're overreacting. That doesn't mean that that's not right. It just is like a red flag so, or a sign of something. For instance, um, I, 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 you know, I say to you, Katie, can you, can you put your, your chapstick down it's bothered you know mm-hmm. it's in the camera and then you and hear that differently mm-hmm. and you will rage back at me and be like why can't i keep my chapstick up here would that be because maybe i've triggered something in you that's trauma related maybe Could your mom be. beat you with chapstick and now you're like <laughs> do you know what i mean is that is yeah that... i mean the reaction would show something bigger something going it's on. not always ptsd related that could even just be like I have an issue because my mom used to always uh, talk down to me and I get that sense from you, you know, Ooh. and it's like they poke your buttons. Yeah. Because we all have those buttons that are just triggers. But that's not trauma. Not necessarily. Not trauma. Yeah. It could be, but trauma's more like, I don't like having people sneak up behind me or be behind me. Mm. Being in line can be very difficult for some people because they're like, I don't like having people. It makes me uncomfortable or like being in a small space or not being able to get up on a plane or something. Like oh I've had gosh. patients like freak out, you know, cause they'll be like, you know, ding, the thing goes on. Like I need to get, <gasps> and it panic, we panic. <laughs> yeah. It's not good times. Yeah. Such good times. Awesome. So that feeling, I think overall, if you feel not constantly, but pretty regularly, like you're overwhelmed and that panic sets in of like, I'm in danger. What do I, I, oh, I can't protect myself. That that's a huge indicator of trauma. Yeah, and what's interesting too is that I've had people on this show where childbirth can oh, trigger. Oh, can be traumatizing. Uh-huh. Oh my God, yeah. Uh-huh. Or even becoming a mother mm-hmm. can all of a sudden. Brings up all that stuff about your mom or your yes. parents. Yes, yeah. it activates all your childhood stuff or whatever. And you might not even realize it. You think you're just being a, a mom um, but like, again, like if you're buying five months worth of diapers, <laughs> yeah, you might, might be more of a trauma response. Something's than... going on. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. totally. Not to mention your hormones are elevated and changing and you might not feel quite like yourself. But I also no. want to put in there too, if you find yourself avoiding certain things because they're triggering, because that's mm. what happens is trauma can make our world really small. Cause we're like, Oh, being in crowded place. I mean, COVID's happened. So there's no crowded places, but being in a crowd is scary. I won't go into that. I won't do that. Or like being in line, having people behind me, I won't do that either. So I only order stuff online. You know, mm. you start to kind of. Yeah. And emotional trauma too. Mm. I would argue people keep their lives small. Yep. And isolated. Yeah. You um, are less apt to have, you know, re- close relationships, right? Because yeah. you're afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. Vulnerability is a huge risk. Yeah. It's too dangerous. Yeah. All yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. Fun. So <laughs> fun stuff. So oh, gosh, <laughs> let's get into some where my mom's at business. I yes. was waiting for you to come here because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. this email I received from Sarah. Sarah, I received this email and this this poor girl just really um, struck my heart. So let's reread the email to catch everybody back up. Um, Hi, jeans. After meeting someone only five months ago. I, at 32 years of age, have found myself in the worst situation I've been in. After contracep- contraception failed, 
I am now eight weeks pregnant. Everything seemed to be, uh, seemed to have been faring well in this new budding relationship. And upon this pregnancy bomb, he has determined that he does not want to have children ever. And has even let me know that if I choose to have this child, he will resent me for the rest of his life for ruining his future hopes and dreams. Also, he's 40 and not stepping up or showing support. I'd never imagined being in this situation. Do you have any advice to a new potential mom bringing a child into this world alone i am not only terrified of becoming a mother and doing this alone but i'm also sick to think of terminating a life at 32 that could potentially be beautiful and thrive and i'm afraid i may regret a termination and feel guilty forever any perspective is helpful sarah so here we go yeah you're qualified to answer this go ahead <laughs> no pressure no pressure um the the term when i read that i was like you're not alone like i know people want we don't have a partner our the partner who helped us create the child isn't with us okay that happens a lot i'm not minimizing this stress and upset but you're not alone so who can step up and who can support Mm -hmm. is there a parent is there a friend i mean i've had tons of friends like one of my close friends um got pregnant with twins oh my god in a similar situation didn't want anything to do with it and we went to sean and i went to a baby shower this is pre-covid and the amount of support was like just worn my heart made me cry like and people have been so supportive of her and helping her and you know and so allow people to help you Mm. you this like doomsday i'm all alone yes you can be sad and yes this guy's a a fucking piece of garbage and i'd like to punch him in the throat yeah and in the nuts so that he doesn't do this to someone else (laughs) but you know, always hopes and dreams. Shut the fuck up. I hate that <laughs> shit. What if you had to have the child, you bastard? Well, yeah. And Ugh. at 40, mm-hmm. um, has he not heard of condoms or birth control right? or that girls sometimes get pregnant? Also, be an adult. You have responsibilities. Get a vasectomy. Yeah. If he doesn't want children ever. ever. Yeah, snip, snip. Snip, bro. It's, Make it happen. I Do know, it. It's so weird. What a selfish piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, and you can deal with that legally later if you want to. That's up to her. If you want to cook full custody, meaning and like, well, if she just out. wants financial support, even because I know, I know, think I she mean, it, it, I, I think so too, just at least to ease the stress a little bit. Yeah. But if, if it's up to her, because sometimes that stress is not worth it, you know, having to deal with someone who's so rude and hurtful, yeah, it might be better off that you just do it yourself. Um, but reach out, start creating a support system. And I think even online there's wonderful support right now especially there's facebook groups for single moms oh that's cool start tapping into that start talking and talking to your friends who've already had children like i know she's 32 and you may not have a ton but those people are go to them like i i don't have kids i'm not the person to ask about what your body's going to feel like or is this normal or oh my god i'm worried about the you know i don't know that stuff so reach out to your friends who do and ask them the things that they really think you need ask people for hand-me-downs are there things because so many people do that like maybe we'll have another kid yeah. i don't know and then they're oh, like yeah. we decided not and then we just give everything away yeah and it's um it's great to be most of my friends who had kids in like their late 30s early 40s which is like most of my friends they're like it was great because i got all the hand-me-downs i have to buy anything <laughs> yeah. you know so anyway tap into the single mom world tap into your support yes. because you're not alone and whether you want to terminate or keep that's your choice and yours alone consider your what you'd feel like for but it sounds like she's leaning towards keeping it that's what i assumed mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't know that but no yeah. no judgment or shame on those who no. decided to terminate those are things those are choices you get to make for you and your body and your life and you know you could be a great mom you could be a great mom and also at 32 you're right like this could be one of those last call yeah you never know right you never know and it happened i i'm of the belief of like well it happened for a reason and i think we can make it a wonderful thing you totally can so it's great to have a supportive partner but let's just turn that like partner can be a lot of things is that your best friend who turns out to be the great aunt that does all this you know supports you you can have friends go with you when things open up i guess to lamas and all those you know people still do all those birthing classes and things have someone come with you parents if you have yeah even one of my closest friends she was the only one her friend let into the birth like into the room it wasn't her husband and that's hilarious she's like he's gonna stress me out (laughs) i just want you in there and that's fair so you know know that that's not weird sometimes it's not uncommon or a doula or a mom a mom a lot of people do it with their moms yeah because they know what it's like you know so tap into your resources tap into the people who are supportive if it's a mom if it's an aunt if it's a grandma if it's a friend if it you know whoever if it's a single mom group you get to meet some other moms yeah whatever it is you know let's reach out and get that support because 
you're going to need it and you're going to want it. You're going to need it. And it's going to be really helpful. Yeah, it is imperative. And then get those hand-me-downs also. (laughs) (laughs) Get them hand-me-downs, girl. Mm -hmm. So let's hear some listener chime in. Um, Yeah, here we go. I heard the podcast with Sarah talking about getting pregnant just a few months after she met her partner and wanted to comment on my experience. I was dating a guy I knew for four months when I found out I was pregnant. I was 18. Ooh, that's young. I had just finished high school and had big plans for my future. When I found out I was pregnant, I knew abortion was not an option for me. It was something I could have never done. When I told my partner I was pregnant, he told me to get an abortion and I told him I would raise it alone. Fast forward 10 years and choosing to keep the baby growing inside of me was the best decision of my life her father has even been involved from the moment she was born after i told him i was keeping her while raising a child on your own isn't easy it is worth it and by the sounds of it you already know you would regret that decision you're stronger than you know and trust me when i tell you there are plenty of single moms out there that wouldn't trade their love from their child for anything also it doesn't mean you won't ever meet someone special that's a good point totally true i have tons of friends who have you know met someone who didn't have kids and they have kids and Dude, I know guys that prefer dating single moms. Mm-hmm. Like, they love it. I've been with a partner for five years, and he loves my daughter and I more than anything. You got this, Sarah. Love E. I love that. I would agree. And also, keep in mind, too, you guys, that when, when it comes to being a mother, the first four to five years are, I, I guess, the, the, the really the, the hard roughest. ones, the roughest, because they're not in school. They're not really self-sufficient. But once that, once that sucker gets in school, bro... It's a lot easier. Well, yeah, that's less taxing on you. Yeah. And and they're more self-sufficient. They can yeah. at least, like, even if they can just pour themselves a bowl of cereal or something. Do you know what I mean? Go, Dude. go potty on their own. Bruh. Like, Bruh. My four-year-old, I'm like, go get your jammies on. Mm-hmm. Go brush your teeth. Uh, I want water. Bitch, you know how to get your water? I don't call it bitch. But I'm like, but yeah, you like, know how knows. to get water. He knows. Get mm-hmm. your water, sweetie. Yeah. Like, and then it becomes more about you've just got this little person hanging out which is rad it is rad and then you get to like help them develop emotionally and understand relationships in a way maybe you didn't or to get to be there and watch them grow and watch them make their first friends and be awkward and all the things it's just it's a really it's such a privilege to be a parent so i think that she's going to be great and yeah and i also think that one one thing my friends have told me i don't know if you'd agree with this but they said that having kids didn't mean they didn't have as much time in life it oh, really yeah. just meant that you're more you prioritize things differently oh, and it's been yeah. a blessing because they're like i didn't make time for any of those shitty friendships that were weren't healthy for me anymore oh yeah it gives you like a new perspective it really um you're right it because it narrows down the amount of free time you have mm-hmm. so the free time you have by the way i've always said if i wanted to hire anybody it's a single mom mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're the best employees they show up yeah and the single mom is going to work the hardest because she knows her everything is on the line dude. yeah like and they know how to get shit done they get shit done they're prioritized yep. and they're 100 organized because right. you have 100%. to be right like my friend who has twins yeah. puts her little uh it's a it's a boy and a girl and they're so cute oh, yeah. but she puts their stuff in big ziplocs and she's like you know change for daycare boom 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 she's it's all got, there yeah because she has to be yeah and, and she, yeah, she's though. a hard worker oh, she gets no. it all done and there's a guilt their little chubby rolly arms they're just so, so cute, cute. So, yeah, yeah but again once he hits the the baby hits four you know it's a different game it's those infant um or i'd say plan for a good daycare too yes good child care during the day yep. until they're school aged that's what someone else wrote here finally to sarah there isn't anything inherently wrong with making either choice you're considering and it's normal to be scared especially when typical parenthood doesn't seem to be in the cards for you having a village to help is super important just like katie said i wish you best of luck I know that you also have mommies out there who are thinking of you and have your back. Much love, Claire. So thank you. Yeah, the community here is even a great resource. Dude, of course. Um, So here's another one. This is, I'm a 41-year-old married dad to a wonderful three-year-old. He's not married to a three-year-old. I am a 41-year-old dad to a wonderful three-year-old. Sorry. (laughs) Before I met my now wife in 2014, I had the worst 2013 of my life. I was engaged to a different woman, and we had very different ideas about pregnancy in the future. My fiancé at the time had become pregnant. We had a disagreement about what to do about the pregnancy. I wanted to keep it, but she thought her family would be upset about it. Against my wishes, she went and had the abortion. Wow. 
This is just my opinion, but I feel like when a life is conceived, there should be a strong feeling to protect the child from the moment you know it about it until the moment you die. If your guy doesn't feel the same way and holds resentment for you, I say get rid of him. Remember, just because you think you'll be raising the child as a single mom doesn't mean it will always be that way. Every day I think about the child that could have been, and it's pretty painful. If you think you should keep it, you should keep it. P.S. Remember, you could always give the child up for adoption or op- an open or closed mm-hmm. adoption. There are some family out there that has the resources and love to raise a child if you're unable to do it yourself. It's true that you would still need to go through with a pregnancy, but it can still be a better option than a termination, depending on how you feel about it. Best yeah, and so many fine. people yeah. are looking for... Um, looking for a child struggling to conceive and yeah. what an amazing gift i know oh I so yeah know. i think yeah oh gosh uh most importantly this is a follow-up from uh episode 76 and 77 um you swallow jizz mm, sometimes <laughs> well i am i am i don't like to swallow jizz and i i do a little trick i i go in the hand and then i wipe it on the bed I was like, wipe it where? I wipe it in my hair. You wipe it in? <laughs> uh, something about Mary, this there situation. You go. So this person was chiming in. Hi, Mommy. I was listening to the episode with Chase when you asked about guzzling cum. Many men will feel rejected if you just fountain that white onto the floor or anywhere else. As an expert in hiding where the jizz goes, it's easy as this. As we all know, after effing, there is lots of wetness from all different areas. Always having a towel nearby for wiping down is a necessity. After the load has been dropped into your beautiful mouth, (laughs) all you do is reach for the towel and discreetly unload said white into the towel, acting as if you're wiping your mouth. No hurt feelings and no salty poison down your throat. (laughs) P.S. Yes, you will have to hold it in your mouth for a second like mouthwash, but totally worth it. Piss on me, beat me. Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. (laughs) Solid advice. <laughs> Solid advice. Uh, so just keep a little a a towel. Little towel. Okay. Here's another follow-up. Or a sheet in your case. A sheet. Yeah. That's a fucking same kind of difference. Yeah. Really. I was going to say. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I had this horrible problem in my life, Katie. I don't know if any of your patients talk about this, but every night when I go to wash my face before bedtime, I wash the face and then the water, the water runs f- down. Yes. I have that problem myself. Mm. And I get so mad because it's always when I'm in my pajamas mm-hmm. and then my pajama or sleeves wet. are... Yep. Well, how do you... What do you do then? What do you, how do you combat this? I don't wear long sleeves to wash my face and I put a towel on the edge of the... Like, you know, on the sink. Smart. But it's still... It's a disaster. It's a, di- it's a disaster. I don't really know other than wash faster. <laughs> <laughs> or like lean down farther so your arms... Lean down. <laughs> lean down. That's what I've been That's doing. what I try to do. I'm like... But that's no it's not. I know. I don't know. So here's somebody's a suggestion. Oh, I like it. I heard you talking about how you always get your sleeves wet when doing either your morning or nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to leave on your regular clothes to wash your face. Go ahead and get into your jammy jams. Just slip a hair scrunchie onto each wrist. When you do your thing, the scrunchies will absorb any water oh, that may have otherwise genius. run down your Wow. And there's those me. towel scrunchies, too, I've seen that are Get like to help your hair out. dry. Have you seen those? Oh, those are terrible. The turvy twists. Oh, I don't know. Oh, is I that mean, what they're called? I don't own them, but I've seen them. <laughs> yes, microphone. Mm-hmm. See? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, they're Mia. like terry cloth. Yes. Oh, wow. This is genius. They're on See, Etsy. look at I'm those buying. blush microfiber scrunchies. Those would really do the trick. <laughs> Thank God. God bless America. This right? is why there's a solution for every problem. But that's genius. I know. Isn't that I, silly? My I'm going to order that as soon as I get home. There's some person in Africa right now who's like, if only I could have running water. <laughs> I know. Or like, like, why does it run down my <laughs> arms when I wash my face with my $50 face wash? I'm such an asshole. I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. All right. Um, come back. I think as in like today yeah let's I'd keep love going to. i feel like i I'd like you to. here let's do let's do a part two okay all right let's do it uh i'll be back next week part two with katie morton i feel like you have so much great insight let's get some more of uh, some advice and stuff you can give my yeah, listeners totally all love right. it uh until next week stay cool moms where my mom's where my mom's at